नमस्ते एंड वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ द भारत वार्ता वीकली आई एम सॉरी वी डेंट पुट आउट अ वीकली लास्ट वीक आई होप यू मिस्ट अस एनी वे वी बैक एंड दिस वीकली इज मीटी फॉर श्योर राइट वी हैड द सक्सेसफुल लॉन्च ऑफ द चंद्रयान देन प्राइम मिनिस्टर मोदी इज इन फ्रांस एंड द बंच ऑफ डिप्लोमेटिक प्रोग्रेस ऑन दैट एंड द एन सी पी हैज़ जॉइंट इंडिया इन महाराष्ट्र इंडिया बीट द वेस्ट इंडीज इन क्रिकेट एंड वी हैड द अनफॉर्चुनेट केस ऑफ द डेली फ्लड्स विच सीम्स टू बी कंटिन्यूइंग all of this and more on this bharatvartha weekly here is where we discuss all of the news and events of the week that was in a calm and sensible way i have with me abhishek paul and nirav kanodra your regular panelists to talk us uh, through all of the events uh, hey abhishek hey nirav how's it going all good all great yeah. all right uh, fantastic let's start with let's start with some positive news isro's chandrayaan 3 india's third moon based mission was launched from the satish dhawan space center in shri harikota at 2:35 pm on friday july 14th the lander will take 42 days to reach the moon and demonstrate various capabilities including a soft landing on the lunar surface using a lander and a rover coming out of the lander to study the surface of the moon if isro pulls off this mission successfully india will join an exclusive list of just three other countries that have managed a soft landing on the moon the united states the erstwhile soviet union and most recently china guys were you holding your uh, breath for uh, the launch and everything i mean i certainly was uh, you know praying for a successful launch uh, neera what do you think about this well yeah, uh, totally i was like looking forward to it i think uh, the last one uh, what india had done was we managed to get it to the moon but the soft landing part was where we like lost contact and on 23rd august it is expected like so first it reaches lunar orbit so uh, step one is you get out of earth's orbit then you reach into the lunar lunar orbit and then you will circle around the moon and then slowly from there you enter into the on the surface of the moon closer to the south pole of the moon i think that is one area polar exploration uh second thing is if we get a rover over there which can communicate back so we can see things so i think it's it's a fantastic mission a lot of people complain india should not be spending all so much money cost has been about 600 crore rupees for all uh, equipment and uh, uh, about like another 100 crore or 150 crore rupees for other revenue expenses it is costing about 90 million us dollars 90 or 100 million us dollars right that is like how much hollywood movies are made in bigger budgets if you even think about it like 750 crores for 140 crore people it is worth like 5 rupees per person so this is also like any detractor saying about all of these things and second this is demonstrating india's capability so we can launch satellites for other people uh, our own improvement in science and technology and our own understanding is increased a lot so there are huge spillover effects and i would say that this makes all indians and the indian diaspora uh, very proud of this achievement right and i think a lot of it is uh, these kind of positive effects are useful in like this nation building and having greater confidence and that kind of uplifts everyone so this is like just remarkable uh, achievement but too soon the launch has been a success phase 2 is entering lunar orbit and then phase 3 is where the rover goes ahead and collects data and transmits data back that is still pending but uh, wish isro and all the scientists and all all the best uh, we'll keep following all of this till like we achieve success fingers crossed we will achieve success so yeah absolutely no 
Absolutely, and I hope we continue to pray. I mean, who can forget uh, the scenes of uh, Prime Minister Modi consoling uh, uh, K. Sivan, the ISRO chief, right, uh, during Chandrayaan 2's failure. Definitely, let's uh, pray and let's hope that this mission is successful through and through. And I also feel that over the next five or ten years, India is going to have a massive space industry, right? What we've demonstrated, uh, you know, through all of these startups and, and whatnot as well. In fact, I mean, I think The Economist or someone had a very positive story on this for a change, right? The way we've been, you know, launching satellites at a very cheap and efficient cost, right, is, is going to become very competitive. I think perhaps only SpaceX is uh, more competitive than India at this point of time. Uh, right and the number of startups that have been coming up also like former isro folks former iisc folks and so on working on this stuff we are going to see uh, some real good action in this space uh, you know in the next uh, maybe 5 10 years and if you rewind maybe 2 years back i mean this whole indian space association being formed with uh, around 7 or 8 corporates as well right uh, was a very encouraging sign i think overall great i mean this is uh, fantastic i mean we have more interest in space and uh, you know i hope uh, more kids look at this and aspire to become you know rocket scientists right uh, abhishek any comments on this yeah i totally agree with both of you right like we recently some of us would have seen the show rocket boys right on sony space exploration or uh, rocket science whatever you call it it's one of those really inspirational lines of work right that give purpose and meaning to humanity in in a larger way right and so the more people young kids get excited by these things and do their own try to follow their own dreams in these areas is always going to be great for uh, the nation right moreover i think it's important for india to you know keep developing and continuing to progress in in these areas right and chandrayaan 2 while being sort of a small blip right in our progress hopefully this will allow us chandrayaan 3 will allow us to get over that hurdle and then you know we can move on to even you know bigger and better things as well in in this field so yeah hopefully we get a positive outcome out of this uh, this time and then on to much bigger things in the future yeah congratulations to all of the scientists uh, again and hopefully i mean we will do a podcast on this we'll have uh, i think alok uh, back on the podcast right i mean uh, discussing some of this uh, space tech and so on all right moving on in some geopolitical news uh, last week prime minister modi was on a two day visit to france on the official invite of president emmanuel macron he was given a grand welcome by the french prime minister elizabeth bourne as he landed and he was later conferred with france's highest honor the grand cross of the legion of honor President Macron also hosted a banquet dinner at the Louvre in Paris. Prime Minister Modi also attended Bastille Day, which is uh, the French Republic Day and it had a distinct Indian flavor. Uh, the Indian Rafale jets uh, flew alongside the, the French jets as well. On this visit, India and France uh, prepared plans to improve ties starting with defense. Neither of France has been a very reliable partner to India, right? Uh, and it's sort of a bipartisan outlook as well. Um, I remember I think even post pokhran france refused to condemn those things right or even sanction india at that point right and they've been pretty neutral uh, about uh, our stance on ukraine as well um, right and, and and of course i mean france is the second largest defense manufacturer so all in all a very strategic uh, partnership for sure oh yeah absolutely so france see after world war 2 i think germany and japan were stripped of like any defense industry but like france continued to retain its 
our own defense industry so after like our us russia and then china i think france has like a huge defense industry so we bought the rafale jets we have some previous mirage jets also uh, from france fighter jets and uh, see the the thing is you're seeing like uh, modi has been conferred this award but it's modi himself said that this is for all 140 crore indians and uh, this is rising stature of india uh, within the world right so countries also want to be our allies and uh, it's not from like a charitable view etc but uh, better uh, ties with india helps both sides so one is that you are seeing tata airlines air india and air uh, indigo buying a lot of planes airbus has substantial operations in france right so uh, better relationship between the countries helps both so that is the first thing second thing is there is better defense ties i think we are buying a few more rafale jets uh, there is a jv between total of france and indian oil uh, in some lng terminals and lng imports and uh, there is also a decision what Fra- french government is giving is for indian origin uh, students in france who complete like a masters degree uh, they would be given five year long term visas uh, probably it will be stem uh, degrees but there hasn't been much clarification so that's another thing as well see france like other european nations also has uh, certain demographic issues uh, though they do not have that bigger tech sector like the us with huge demand for uh, tech workers but this creates another alternative see and even if it is just like a five year visa so indians can maybe go there get some expertise work in multinational company either come back or be posted in other countries uh where those companies have operations etc so uh that's also like a great thing and uh, france is also like see think about all these european countries there are uh, smaller populations and richer countries and india has large population and a poorer country so there are a lot of complementary skill sets so i think uh france also is an important partner for make in india and atmanirbhar bharat that's what they've discussed so what they want is maybe the kind of plis we've done maybe some french firms you got renault as an auto manufacturer uh, you got lvmh for luxury goods etc who may try and source some parts from india or like try and set up some uh, factories in india right so i think and this is also having good relationship with france and then obviously germany is next it actually pays the way for a free trade agreement between india and eu which has been been discussed for like a long long time there are a few hurdles so i think all of these things put together it is quite a good thing this is basically this reflects rising stature of india within the world uh, that an indian uh, prime minister is being called as a chief guest on the bastille day like how india calls uh, other countries uh, heads on republic day as chief guest so this time uh, modi was uh, there france has been a real ally it is a lot of it is not so public but behind the scenes where uh, because india buys substantial amount of arms because the relationship is symbiotic they uh, um, compared to other european countries they have kept quiet on india's stance on russia and ukraine and they completely understand india's constraints as well so i think it's a it is a partnership uh, maybe you could say like partnership of equals uh, india now total gdp is bigger than france though it's mostly due to a population and size so absolutely i think this is quite a good thing and uh, hopefully pm modi is going next to uae i think there's going to be some other announcements etc next week as well but i think this india france relationship should go deeper 
so india does is not dependent on any of the you know those erstwhile power blocks which was like earlier ussr or the us and we don't want to be a vassal state of anyone india on its own stature uh, have complementary relationships with all these countries and that's just fantastic yeah i think another key announcement was the launch of upi in france and uh, this will help indian tourists uh, now transact through upi with rupees in france right which is a big deal and i like how this internationalization of upi is happening right i mean along with france i think there are seven or eight other countries oman and singapore and so on and in a few months there'll also be a statue of uh, the indian saint thiruvalluvar being unveiled as well abhishek overall a uh, very positive move i think the second major uh, trip in perhaps less than 3 weeks right i mean after the us uh, so what do you make of it yeah i think as nirav was explaining france is one of those uh, western nations which is the least judgmental at least publicly right in terms of their pronouncements in terms of you know india's domestic uh, record or you know india's foreign policy stances i mean even during the nuclear tests france had not really you know back the sanctions against india and so on right it was very positive when uh, the india us nuclear deal was uh, being negotiated as well in 2005 6 that at that time right so i think india france relationship has always been uh, on a very strong footing and i think the biggest driver behind it is defense right uh, france has a big and thriving defense manufacturing uh you know industrial landscape and india is a big consumer and the good thing is that the french are also willing to share technology with india right for example the scorpion class submarines that are being built in india with french technology and cooperation right uh so that's one of those uh, big uh, areas of cooperation even the 26 new rafale aircrafts for the navy are probably going to come out of this right so uh, yeah i think france continues to be one of india's most strategic partners or countries and yeah i think this was a good visit on all fronts uh, overall right in political news closer home last sunday nationalist congress party ncp leader and the leader of the opposition uh, ajit pawar aligned with the nda and took oath as the deputy chief minister He split the NCP party and brought uh, 35 MLAs along with him to the NDA, where eight others were sworn in as ministers. Um, this announcement came after Pawar's meeting with some party leaders and MLAs at his official residence in Mumbai. Uh, well, I think you're going to you're you're seeing more uh, Chanakya Giri in uh, Maharashtra, right? I mean, uh, uh, what is happening, uh, Nirav? Oh, so see one the root cause. So first is that. in all these dynastic parties uh, we will see some sort of succession issues and there will see some rifts within parties uh, so uh, we've seen in uh, previously in shiv sena where uh, raj thakre was ignored he started his own party maharashtra navnirman sena they have not had much political success but uh, they'd won a couple of like small municipal elections in cities outside mumbai then here in ncp sharad pawar uh gave like the party president post to his daughter supriya sule and kind of like sidelined ajit pawar his nephew who's been more involved on the ground in the district of baramati where is the uh, party stronghold area so i think there was some resentment earlier as well 
when Shiv Sena decided to join uh, or break away from BJP, first was an attempt, and I think a government which lasted for a day or two, where Ajit Pawar became a deputy CM with uh, Devendra Fadnavis. And he had his like coterie of about 35, 33, 35 MLAs that time. And uh, so that split. So he's been within the 55 MLAs that NCP has, uh, like 35 have been like loyal to Ajit Pawar. So which kind of has reduced the stature of Sharad Pawar over here. And now Ajit Pawar has also split out and now joined the NDA uh, ruling government. And they've been handed out now quite a few uh, ministerial births. I think there are nine ministers, including Ajit Pawar. Uh, there are two deputy CMs. Now you got like, it's like one captain and two vice captains in cricket. So maybe see this three party coalition, though you already have a majority is probably a little difficult to handle. There would be more differences of opinions and about, uh, political decisions. So that'll be there. Uh, but what this does is it strengthens their position leading into the Lok Sabha election next year. So Maharashtra has the second most three seats and uh, after UP and unlike national media, which is too focused on Delhi and UP, uh, Maharashtra doesn't get that much coverage because it's the only place with like four significantly strong parties. Now, if you count the splits, now it's become six. So it's going to be a multipolar contest, but probably it's going to be like either your NDA or your anti-NDA. So I think it's going to again split into two factions and uh, so seat sharing, all those things will be an issue. And now probably with both NCP and Shiv Sena in fold, I think Shiv Sena's leverage kind of reduces probably. So maybe, and this is purely my speculation. I have no real insight. Uh, in the next state elections, we might see a BJP chief minister again. And both Shiv Sena and NCP will have one one deputy CM. But I, again, like large coalitions always have problems. Uh, you're never too sure who pulls out when. So it is going to be a little bit of drama, but probably the decision was one was Ajit Pawar or sidelined by his party, did not take it well. He feels he has more power. So he's aligned with NDA. And two is NDA and BJP are looking at this to consolidate and try and win as many seats as possible in Maharashtra. I think the coalition had, if I'm not mistaken, or 42 out of 48 seats in the last election. So if they can manage it like what they've done in Gujarat, Rajasthan, etc., where they've won all the seats, like keeps a big, strong buffer majority in there. So yeah, uh, that's probably what they're aiming for, at least a very strong performance. Because uh, as in the other major large states, like you've got Bengal and Bihar, which are just after Maharashtra, there they may not win as much. So I think UP and Maharashtra are absolutely critical. So probably this decision has been made there. And uh, I think there'll be a lot more as we go into like a year, we are less than a year away from the general election. We will see such things happening and more noise coming on this front. So where does all of this leave Sharad Pawar? I mean, certainly he is uh, not getting any younger, right? He's uh, 82 already, uh, right? And he is, uh, he was at least known to be a local and even a national level kingmaker type of a person, right? So does this mean that uh, he no longer has the power that he once enjoyed? Sharad Pawar has... In his faction, I think about uh, 20 MLAs, right? Out of 288. So Maharashtra is 288. NCP had about 50 odd. Or, so I think 35 have joined or 33 or 35 have gone with Ajit Pawar. So which is about like you can say 60%. And now 40% are still with Sharad Pawar. So what had happened was Sharad Pawar is 
the youngest chief minister of like a major state in the country. He was in the late 70s. Uh, he was the CM of Maharashtra. And he is a political strategist. He's been like at the national level. I think he's been the defense minister in PV Narasimha Rao's cabinet as well. So he's a very senior politician. Yes, people have offered like many things like Chanakya or like Kingmaker. Because he never managed to get the full majority after that. But his has been the casting vote to go which way. So this this shows probably his leverage has reduced. Now, again, we never know. He's called like Kaka in Maharashtra or like, and also called the wily old fox. So maybe he has tricks up his sleeves. So I think, see, in a democracy, it is the people's vote which decides. So he has a lot of goodwill in certain parts of Maharashtra where he is very popular. Now, does Ajit Pawar take over the mantle? Or is there, does his daughter Supriya Sule and the others that are selected in his faction, do they make a bigger impact? I think uh, that only time will tell. India are all safe seats, are all up for play. In the full region, which is the part of Western Maharashtra, uh, they would all be up for play between the two divisions of NCP fighting it out. And I would say, I might have my own political opinions or whatever, but let the people decide like who they want to vote for. That is democracy. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in some unfortunate news, over the past week, India's capital, Delhi, has been flooding massively due to increased rainfall and acute water logging across the city. The water levels of River Yamuna rose rapidly well above warning levels, enough to flood the lower levels of Red Fort. Uh, the floods have devastated the city with thousands of people being displaced and a few lives lost as well. Um, Abhishek, very unfortunate. Uh, what do you attribute this to? You know, massive rainfalls, poor urban uh, infrastructure, or is there something else? Yeah, so the Delhi floods, right? I mean, this is some of the highest rainfall in Delhi since the early 1980s, I believe, right? And the Yamuna River levels were higher than what it has been in the last 45 years, right? So the start of the last week, even the CM... Arvind Kejriwal was still confident that, you know, Delhi will not get flooded, but the situation kind of changed pretty dramatically with, you know, further intense rains. So as of now, about 25,000 people have been evacuated and moved to, say, you know, higher areas. Uh, but some of Delhi's most iconic places have got flooded, right? Whether it is the Red Fort or the Raj Ghat or Connaught Place. So yeah, the situation is pretty bad, but from what I understand, it's uh, improving gradually now with the water levels slowly receding. Uh, the Indian Army is in action along with other, uh, you know, disaster relief agencies. Uh, as expected, there has been a bit of politics with a bit of finger pointing between the Delhi government and the LG, right? But uh, hopefully all that will continue only on the sidelines but the relief work etc will not be sort of compromised so yeah hoping that things get back to normal in the capital in a few days all right we'll end on a more positive note uh, india defeated the west indies by an innings and 141 runs wow that doesn't happen too often uh, in the first test that lasted only three days uh, batting first the west indies were skilled out for 150 before india piled on 421 for five uh, and then declared the innings on day three. Um, in the first innings, Ashwin had claimed five wickets for 60 in 24 overs to engineer the West Indies collapse as the hosts fell for a paltry 150. 
and Ravindra Jadeja as well chipped in with uh, a few wickets, three wickets for 26 runs to be more precise. So Nirav, Abhishek, what do you attribute this to? You know, I mean, is this, uh, you know, the West Indies side really being that bad or, uh, uh, you know, Ashwin being that good or, you know, Jaiswal just making a spectacular debut, uh, all of the above? So I think uh, basically the West Indies team is not a very strong team anymore. Uh, the fact that they did, they failed to qualify for the 50 over World Cup is one, just one more proof of that, right? And among the various formats, I think they take test cricket uh, the least seriously, right? Basically, West Indies today is like a bunch of professional players who basically concentrate on playing in T20 leagues around the world, right? Uh, so, yeah, I don't think this was a particularly strong uh, West Indies team that we were facing. Uh, but, yeah, I think very good performance by specifically Ashwin and uh, Jaiswal on his debut, right? So, India does need a few good young batsmen to come up uh, yeah. to replace Higher up the, the order for sure aging core of, uh, let's say, Kohli, Rahane, Pujara, etc., who've been doing it for over a decade. So we've got Shubman Gill, I think, penciled in to be the next big star, but uh, the growth of Jaiswal, and now that he's made it to the Indian team and has had a good start, hopefully he also progresses very well in the next few years and becomes an integral part of the team. The fact that he is left-handed is also a bonus because we've lacked a good left-handed batsman for some time now. So, yeah, these are, I guess, some of the positives to take away from this match. Yeah, Nirav, looking forward to Test Match 2? Yeah, so this was like, if you thought about it, you know, when I was like a small kid, I would like think, or like in school games, you think like, what is a perfect game? So perfect, this was like pretty much like the perfect game. You first bowl them out for 150, then you make three times their total, you make 450. And then you, again, you get them out for like about a one-third, like 130, right? So you, you kind of beat them by innings and 140 runs, right? You you got your main opening batsman scored hundreds. Yashasvi Jaiswal, who was, who's had like tremendous performances in all domestic cricket. So Ranji Trophy, Dulip Trophy, Irani Trophy, uh, IPL, everywhere he scored a lot of runs. So he really deserved the call-up, right? So... I think that is also, this is good that uh, our domestic performance is also translating to performances at a higher level. So, also removes, reduces any complacency of the existing team. You get a lot of talent within India, especially in cricket. So, I think that is another good thing. Ashwin was left out of WTC. So, he got an opportunity on like slightly more helpful track. He got 12 wickets, which is fantastic. And so, yeah, absolutely, I think uh, hopefully, we see all the others also raise their hand and do better in the next game. And uh, now there are no dead rubbers, right? Because uh, all these kind of count for points for the WTC, World Test Championship. We've lost in the final twice. Hopefully, the next cycle we make it and we win it. So, uh, absolutely. As in every game is worth But this is like kind of, you couldn't have scripted a much better win, right? Uh, they can only manage to take five of your wickets. Your uh, batsman scores more than the full team scored in either of the innings. Ashwin takes like 12 wickets more than the whole team to just five. So, it's absolutely great. Uh, two sterling performances, but hopefully in the next game, uh, some other people raise their hand and do very well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
on that positive note we come to the end of this bharat vartha weekly i hope you enjoyed the show if you did don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite platform also stay tuned uh, for episodes on policy uh, politics and culture we put out one or two episodes every week uh, do stay tuned uh, do check out our social channels we are at bharat vartha on most of these platforms uh, until then from abhishek neeru and myself thank you for joining us stay safe take care and jai hind